folks, welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 26th. Ben and Cody here with you today to do a rare midweek podcast. Uh, we were having trouble coming up with ideas. You know, I thought we'd maybe talk about the Brett Kavanaugh nomination, possibly uh, Bill Cosby sentencing. But fortunately for us and for you guys, Kelly Bryant has decided to transfer. Cody, I, I, I'd like to say I didn't see this coming, uh, but we've talked about it. I went so far as possibly predicting it, um, not to give myself a pat on the back. I'm certainly not happy about it, but you know, what's your initial reaction? Are you shocked? I was shocked. I was, the first thing I told Tully when he mentioned it, it he, as part of our, he wanted us to throw it in as, as part of our Sunday discussion. And I said, I, I don't like, first off, I don't think it's a possibility that he transfers. And second off, I don't like to speculate about transfers altogether. Um, we ended up mentioning it, mentioning, but mentioning it because it was his fourth game and he wasn't transferring for reasons that most transfer for. Um, he was, you know, he's a starter. He's been our, our leader and he has a chance to go on to do great things. So um, yeah, to, to answer your question, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of shock. I think that was what kind of permeated Clemson fan base today, because uh, I think this has been the biggest occurrence, the wildest or maybe the strangest occurrence since the, the Tommy Bowden uh, firing mid season, not, not of the same magnitude, but the way that it, it, I guess it took a uh, Clemson's uh, emotional took 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 grasp of us, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I certainly remember that the Tommy Bowden situation. Everybody uh, standing around, waiting by their computers, um, so to speak, about that one. But yeah, I think this probably had some of the same effects. You know, we talked to our buddy Graham, and he said as soon as it happened, every Clemson fan in his office was around his desk, and they were all commiserating. So yeah, I think uh, I think a certain faction of the fan base, like myself, is not shocked. Um, I, I think as soon as they came out with this four game transfer rule, that you could kind of see the writing on the wall. He talked about transferring in the off season, uh, but there's a genuine faction of, uh, of the fan base who is shocked, and you know that's that's not surprising either. I mean, you you get to know a kid, you see how much he's done for the university, and you know he's out there with his boys. People say he's the unquestioned leader of the team. He still has an opportunity to go out there and play this year and win a national championship. Um, you know, he got demoted. It's not like he wasn't going to play. Um, they were likely still going to run a very similar two-quarterback system to the way they, they had been doing. Um, so from that aspect, I can't see it. How, I can't see how most people or a lot of people, um, this came as a surprise to them. Yeah, I think the other part of it was how it was being pitched by the coaches is it was a thing of – both quarterbacks are buying in, even though Trevor's outperforming Kelly at times. Kelly's taking on the big brother role, and he's rooting him on. And I, I think that ended up being a little bit of, 
I don't think it was completely uh, honest uh, on the on the part of the coaches. But uh, and you look, you see Kelly on the sidelines at times, and you, I don't think he was 100 percent happy when when uh, Trevor Lawrence was in there against Texas A and M. He actually manifested some of that anger and bitterness when he was on the field, and that was actually a, a, a delightful sight. But uh, I, I think what we were being pitched was not really what was going on. It wasn't the reality, and um, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it, it's surprising once you, you you think of Kelly as this all-American Clemson guy, and for all for all, I guess most people thought he was, and then for this one demotion uh, to really strike his ego that much to the point where he would transfer, not even show up to practice for a couple of days, and then transfer after that. Uh, well, he was given the day off by Dabo on Monday, and I think. Uh, we really, based on the things that Dabo said coming out of that meeting, how he was given no indication that Kelly Bryant was thinking about transferring, you know, you kind of think to yourself, okay, this is is still a competition moving forward. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy to start to Syracuse, but moving forward, who knows after that? But then he misses practice on Tuesday and that's when the rumblings really start to talk. And lo and behold, sure enough, first thing here, Wednesday morning, you get the, the article from the Greenville news comes out. Um, and he's gone. So, you know, I think this is a very multi-layered situation and it's, it's going to take a bit to dig through all of it. And I think there's kind of, there are good things and bad things about this on both sides with the, with the way both the coaches handled this and also the way Kelly Bryan has handled this. But I guess let's start with this question. Do you blame him at all for transferring? No, I think a lot of people will take issue with the way it happened with, you know, leaving your teammates and you had, you did it mid season. You, you can't fight it through. You don't even have to play, but you can hang out, hang out around the sidelines and, and be a leader in the locker room. I, you know, that's to me, that's just sour grapes. Uh, a, little, a little bit of people impo- or taking, taking too much emotion from it grown adults that are that are a little bit too emotionally invested that's my opinion i mean it's not it's not a bad argument but for me it's you know these are not everyone is using the example of well if you in in the real world if someone uh, if you're not doing so well in sales and someone comes in and outperforms you they might get promoted before you and sure but you know what they're not i don't i just don't i can't see that parallel. you don't have you don't have one year left on your on your job in your career uh, that's exactly the next phase of your life. And that's kind of where when people try to make the comparisons to the three Clemson quarterbacks who left and then also with the Jalen Hurts situation is they've all got eligibility beyond this year. Um, and regarding the between Cooper, um, Tucker Israel and Hunter Johnson, those guys have never started for Clemson. So they're not in the same position as Kelly Bryant. Now they have an opportunity to go somewhere and play multiple years at another school and be leaders on those teams. You know, Kelly Bryant was down to his last, this is last year, you know, and it's not halfway through the season. It's, it's a month into the season, really. I mean, it's a long year, right? We'll be playing into January, hopefully. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of time left in the season. It's very early on. I, I know you can make the argument of abandoning his teammates and whatnot, but at a certain, at what point do you have to also look out for your own best interest? Um, whether, you know, for, for, for better, or for worse, there's people in his ear and he himself probably thinks that he has a future, at the next level in the NFL playing quarterback. I would beg to differ. And a lot of people would based off of what we've seen, but you know, you can't fault the kid for believing in himself. 
and wanting to go out there and seize upon the opportunity, the, the one that he has left with one more year and go and try to lead another team. And it's going to be, listen, it's not going to be an FCS school. This is, uh, it's going to be a power five conference team that he's going to transfer to and likely be the starting quarterback could very well be uh, with Chad Morris at Arkansas. Yeah. And so when you look at it like that, like he's going to get a full season, most likely he will pick the a school like Arkansas or Florida with Dan Mullen, another offensive guru. Um, it, it's, it's a better shot than not that he's going to have a full season where he'll get to be the starter. Um, but Hey, you know, like, guess what? Here's the, here's the caveat. And I'm not rooting against him at all. I know some people will be Look, he, he's going to be going up against people that are going to be uh, in already well ingrained into offenses. They know that they know the playbook, and there, there's going to be some talented guys out there. Uh, you, you're, there's a lot of offensive talent on Clemson's roster as well, from the offensive line to the wide receivers. Like I think you're, it's one of those grass. The grass is not greener on the other side, but at the same time, exactly like like what you said, Ben. If it's a thing of the NFL and you feel like you have prospects there, neither you or I believe that he does, but he believes in himself. You can't fault him for that and trying to give himself the best uh, positioning to get to the next level. Yeah. And, and then, so you hear some of the other arguments too. people specifically point out players on Clemson's roster, who's kind of dealt with this adversity and having younger guys come in and take them their spot. Albert Huggins is one of those guys, Tavian Feaster, another one of those guys, you know, I tend to think that that's a different situation, too, because you're going to get on the field and you see this. They're going to get on the field a lot more um, as position, you know, um, at, at those every other position, but quarterback, essentially, maybe kicker. Not that, that matters as much um, than you are as a quarterback and a quarterback. Like it's a different situation. Like you go out there to be the leader of the team. And it's hard to do that when you kind of keep subbing guys in and out. And it's even harder when you're demoted to the second string guy. Yeah, I think the part of that for for KB and and I'm sure he'll come out with this eventually is just the the microscope that is put on him and his limitations as a quarterback and having to hear it from a lot of the fan base and I mean even you are you and I and particularly me I'm I've been open about criticizing his limitations as a quarterback I'm okay doing that you know I never diminished his character at all but. We, we talk football. That's what we, that's what we talk about. It's nothing personal, but I think a lot of Clemson fans, they, they don't know that, I guess the appropriate boundary where it's, you're just trashing a guy. And with all the social media, like that's got to, in, in the average fans frame of references, here's Trevor Lawrence. He's really good. And then here's this other guy that comes in and he's not as good. So, you know, you can't tell me like that hasn't played a role in having to hear it online peeking through message boards, you know that stuff's got to bother him and impact him here in 2018. Well, it's kind of like the whole world was, was against him. Uh, probably to him, it felt like the only people that were really pulling for him um, were his teammates. And to a certain extent, the coaches, but listen, they're being honest with him and telling him, we've got this stud quarterback coming in and he's going to have every opportunity to take your job. Um. But at the same time, you know, tough. That's tough. It's life, though, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, the fact remains that Trevor Lawrence is, out of the two of them, is the best man for the job based off of what we've seen on the field this year. You can't deny that. This 
It's a completely different offense. It operates at a higher level. It's much more dynamic in its play calling and the, the things that it's able to do and the, the things that Trevor Lawrence is able to do better than Kelly Bryant opens up other parts of the game that also struggle when Kelly Bryant's out there. So that's a fact that can't be denied. Um, so what we can debate is kind of how the coaches went about doing this, how Kelly Bryant has gone about handling himself and then kind of where we're left, where we're left standing and where we go from here. Yeah. In terms of how it was handled by the coaches and I think you've, you breezed over it a little bit, but um, I, I thought, it, I, I thought the totality of his career I, from last year, I thought he, he's had ever, every opportunity. Um, you can make, have an objection with his, the way he's been thrown out there and some of the play calling uh, that we've implemented when he's out there relative to Trevor Lawrence. But I just, you know, <laughs> it's still, it's only four games, but it's still large enough sample where it's like, you see where the numbers are going and you know, Kelly Bryant's not going to get a lot better. Like he's not going to see, you're not going to see this huge transformation with, with Trevor Lawrence. You know, it's going to get better incrementally each week. So at some point, the only people that are telling him, hey, you're better than this guy and you're not getting a fair shot, you're probably a family member or, or someone that you just love him and you're telling him what he wants to hear. Yeah, and I believe he has a quarterback, private quarterback coach um, from things that I've read. So you got to understand what that guy's probably telling him too. Uh, but they're invested in him. And it's hard to, you've got that extra layer of like personal attachment and love that, is going to um, kind of you've got some blinders on with that sometimes. I, I think it kind of narrows your scope of vision um, when it comes to things like these. And again, I, I can't blame any of those folks, and I, I certainly don't blame Kelly Bryant for for wanting to, to leave or transfer. And our, uh, the first thing that every Clemson fan should have done instead of complaining about him leaving or comparing him to other guys and questioning his characters, they should have thought, uh, thanked him for everything that he's done for Clemson University. Uh, he mentioned it himself, and Dabo mentioned it as well. He's been a model student, a model person, a model representative of our university. He's given a ton to this football team. He sat and waited behind Deshaun Watson. He he, you know, stood up last year, won the quarterback battle outright, led us the whole season, 16-2 and two as a starter in his career. He's uh, only lost one game that he finished, and that was to Alabama in the college football playoff. Led us there. He's done a lot for this school. You know, he led this team to a college football playoff berth when nobody thought that it was possible last year coming off of a national championship and Sean Watson leaving. So that's the first thing everybody should have done is thank the young man for everything that he's given us. I totally agree. hundred uh, percent. And then I've heard people, I, I was listening to like WCCP. Um, just, I wanted to get a, 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 Why would you a ever from, do that. <laughs> oh man. And I mean, it's it's mostly commercials, but you get a little bit of radio time in uh, in between the commercials. But I'll say a lot of the people that are that are salty about it, they're like, "Why would you do this? Why are you burning bridges with Clemson? You have an opportunity. You can go on to be a coach, and you're if you do if you treat this right, you can you can uh, you know leverage the relationships and the people that are going to be loyal to you." And I'm I'm thinking I think the reverse is true. I, I feel like. Clemson fans need to act in a way where they don't burn a bridge with Kelly so that he'll want to come back. Because if, like you said, the first thing you should say is thank you. And, yeah. and the coaches, aren't, not, the, co the coaches are going to let him come back. If he goes and plays somewhere else next year and he wants to come back 
as a, a assistant and get into coaching with Clemson, they'll certainly let him come back. He hasn't done anything uh, to burn those bridges. Yeah, he made some comments today in, in emotional state of mind that probably wasn't the best way to go about handling things. He's uh, a, but a twenty-two-year-old. Yeah, he's a twenty-two-year-old. How many does he have? Any points of reference in his life at this point to tell him how to navigate a situation like this? It's highly unlikely. Exactly. So, like, people coming down on him. I mean, I would. <laughs> this is like that. It really rubs me the wrong way. Uh, you know, I. I don't even like talking about football players outside of their abilities on the field. I mean, they're high character, like Christian Wilkins. Like I, I like talking about that um, just because you can see your character manifest itself. In this case, though, I don't like talking about a 22-year-old. I feel like aliens came down, we'll say from Martians came down, and they observed the way that some grown men and women are acting and acting like just so butthurt because a player left the program. And you saw it a little bit with Josh Belk. Um you know, diff entirely different circumstance there, but man, people get upset about this, but uh, you know, just to, to say it again, the first thing they should be saying is thank you KB for, for the work you put in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I think, you know, we talked about the, the way the coaches handle things. Um, for me, I think they've been transparent um, and, and I have every reason to believe, or I have no reason not to believe that they weren't transparent with both Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence about all of this. Um, but looking at our roster now, we've lost a five star, two, four stars and a three star all due to Trevor Lawrence being on campus. So I think when we talk about the way the coaching staff has handled it, I think you have to specifically point to the fact that we now have two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster when we started the year with what, six? I think I see what you're getting at, Ben, that Trevor Lawrence is just, he's, he's just, just dysfunction embodied in a six foot six man. Um, because once he arrives, people just start leaving. I mean, I think we're down to like 63 scholarships at this point, scholarship football players. It's, it's pretty thin. Um, <laughs> and, uh, now we have a former walk on as our third string quarterback, albeit Hunter Renfro. That's got to be the storyline for the remainder of the year. Is is Hunter Renfro going to get reps in mop? -up? If he's playing in mop up duty, then man, what a season this is going to be! Trevor Lawrence for three quarters, Hunter Renfro for maybe you know a half a quarter at the end. So it's almost like it's almost like the reverse of when a uh, a team in uh, like Major League Baseball is getting absolutely shellacked. They bring in a position player uh, just so as not to burn any other arms. It's like the opposite. If we're up by like forty points on somebody. In the fourth quarter, uh, Trevor Lawrence got plenty of reps. Chase Bryce has got his reps. Do you throw him out there just to keep the other two guys safe? I mean, it's Hunter Renfro. Everything he touches turns to gold. I mean, do you expect him to go out and look like a you know a, a deer in headlights? I I don't. I think he's going to be pretty pretty decent. You'll be like, man, the the new quarterback controversy will be him or Chase Bryce is the number two guy. I hope. I think he's going to throw a crossing route to himself and go score a touchdown. He, he can walk on water, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Not sure many people would agree with you on that. But, um, but, but going back to the, to the coaching staff thing, I mean, seriously, have they mishandled this? Like, to lose four quarterbacks like that, something, and I don't know exactly how to critique it. The only, way I, the only thing I can say is I can look at the end result, and we have two scholarship quarterbacks on the team when we started the year with six. Something's gone wrong there with managing all of this. 
No, I, I disagree. I, well, you could say that there, there's certain things that a lot of coaches out there would do in the name of winning in the name of a, of have, of retaining quarterbacks and, and they would, they would put it out there like it's competition. I think Dabo did it the way he could. Um, and he did it in an ethical manner. He was in a, he did it in a transparent way. Uh, it was a competition and granted we, we kind of know, knew which way it was going to go ever since the spring game. And the coaches probably knew before that, but I mean, what, what are you going to say? If you look at the circumstances for each quarterback, instead of just looking at the raw numbers, I'd say like Hunter Johnson and Zarek Cooper were a year ahead, a year or two years ahead of, of Trevor Lawrence. And they were just going to be tucked on the depth chart behind them. And, and Hunter Johnson's a guy that could play in the NFL someday. So I, you know, look at it, look at it on a case by case basis. And I, I don't think it's, I don't, I think the coaches did it right. It's maybe a case where their honesty and transparency, um, it, it, it hurts their chance, our chances to win, but it's a, it's a cost that it, we're, it's, it's something we'll, we're willing to pay. Well, but is it, is it maybe a case where last year um, where they should have played Hunter Johnson more just to get him more game experience, just so he is better able to compete against Kelly Bryant and feel like he has a legit opportunity. I mean, he, he outperformed him in the spring game uh, this past season. Kelly Bryant still comes out ahead of him. Um, the Kraken on Clemson Paws pointed out how in the Citadel game last year when he came in, he played better uh, than Kelly Bryant in that game, I believe it was. Um, so, you know, if you give that kid an opportunity, is he more likely to stay instead of transferring? You know, as far as Tucker Israel's and Zarek Cooper's concerned, I think between the both of them, you see the writing on the wall and you look at Kelly Bryant incumbent, Hunter Johnson five-star, Trevor Lawrence incoming five-star. Okay, yeah, you're not going to play, right? Very unlikely. It's going to take three guys getting hurt for you to see the field. So I don't I don't blame them tra- transferring. And I mean, I don't blame Hunter Johnson for transferring either. I, I just wonder, and again, I don't know the answer, but it does m- make you think um, what could have been done differently f- uh, to prevent all these quarterbacks from leaving. Now, you know, we, we, we don't often agree with the way Nick Saban handles things, but you look at the situation there at Alabama, Jalen Hurst is still on that team. And from all indications, he intends to play out this year. And Nick Saban may, maybe, or he didn't handle it the same way Dabo does. And we may not approve of the way that he handled the situation. Jalen Hurts didn't like the way the situation was handled, but he's still playing. Um, so again, I don't know the answer, but I, I think it's fair to question it. I, in my in my estimation, it, 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 Dabo handled it handled it as well as he possibly could have uh, with integrity, and he gave, in my opinion, he gave Kelly Bryant a, a fair shot. If there's one quarterback that has a gripe about maybe in all of this and all the quarterbacks that have transferred, it, it might be Hunter Johnson because I, I don't know that he ever got a fair shot. But yeah. uh, he 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 took things in stride. A lot of class left before the year. Um, Anyhow, not to get into that whole discussion, but and unlike uh, and unlike Tucker Israel, he wasn't tweeting out stupid crap today um, after the news came out. <laughs> yeah, Hunter Johnson doesn't strike me as that type of a guy, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think things are handled appropriately, the right way, and I I, I think again. The thing that might not we might look back on and be like, wow, we could have done that differently as a fan base. Maybe we weren't thinking about things rationally at that point in time. Is just um, the pent up anger that that some people seem to have for Kelly for leaving. That's that's the only thing that stands out to me. Yeah, and I think people just kind of need to get over that. It's it's. I don't think it's hard to see why you shouldn't be mad at the young man and anybody who is like he's done some personal. 
uh, some personal assault against them, like get over it, right? Like let your emotions go to the side. For you, it's a game. For you, you're the spectator. It's a spectator sport. You're watching. You're getting just pure enjoyment out of watching these young men play a game. Kelly Bryant is dealing with his future, um, his career. And so that means a lot more, which is why he's so much more justified of just thinking about himself and doing what's best for him as opposed to being a team player and sticking on the team this year. He's justified for doing that because this is his livelihood. This is his career. And anybody who sits back and is sitting at home watching it on TV for pure amusement, uh, same thing with going to the game, you don't really have um, you really don't have much of an argument there. You can say, well, yeah, but I support the school. I pay for the tickets and stuff like that. Well, you're not paying the athlete. It'd be a different situation if this was professional sports, but it's not. This is amateur sports. And so, you know, treat this guy with a little bit of, uh, a little bit of empathy. Yeah. It, right after I, right after I say that, and you kind of agree with me on let's treat Kelly Bryant the right way. I want to ask you a question that others are pro- that will probably say it's too soon to ask, um, but it, it has to do with Kelly Bryant's ability. And I'm curious what you think, uh, how he'll do when he goes to the next team. And we can say it's Arkansas. We can say it's Florida. Well, I tell you this, whatever team, yeah. he, whatever team he ends up going to um, and whatever coaches he ends up playing for, if he ends up being an NFL draft pick next year, then it's probably time to fire Brandon Streeter. <laughs> uh, he might not be the only one. But let me just say this before we speculate on that. The reason I'm okay talking about, there's a difference between Kelly Bryant, the person, and Kelly Bryant, the football player. We can talk right. about Kelly Bryant, the football player, his skill set, his abilities. I don't, I don't conflate those two. That, all right, people conflate those two. I, I'm trying not to. Um, but to talk about his ability um, and where he'll go from here, I think he's going to have his work cut out for him. I, I don't see it being pretty. Um, I don't see it. I, when you see it, he, if he gets to start, if he wins a job, then good for him. But I think it's going to be it's going to be a little bit harder in another school that doesn't have the same offensive weapons um, where he's having to learn the system on the fly. And and I wouldn't be surprised on another team if he is nothing but slightly above average starter. Well, I don't know. But it depends on the team. He has to find the right fit, right? If he goes to Arkansas under Chad Morris, like Chad Morris is going to run a – he runs a system that is – uh, uh, very favorable to what Kelly Bryant is able to do and do well. And Chad Morris was the you know lead recruiter for Kelly Bryant. He chose him over Lamar Jackson. Um, so I, again, I think it all depends on the situation. My question for you is that if he doesn't get the starting job, can he still play less than five games and keep transferring? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it just rolls over every year. Um, so yeah, you just Has anybody <laughs> clarified that rule yet? You just take your best swing through four games, and if it doesn't work out, keep moving. Keep but no, going. he'll be 40 I, balding one day with a beer belly, still trying to get it on out there. Yeah, who like present day Tucker Israel. So, um, the only thing I'll say about uh, the only thing I'll say about Kelly Bryant, it, you're right about going to like a Florida. Uh, Dan Mullen runs, if you remember, Nick Fitzgerald at Mississippi State from the year before. He's good with dual threat quarterbacks. And then of course, Chad Morris, who runs a very similar, our, our system is derived from, from Chad Morris's spread system. So you're right. That could be a huge, uh, that, that would be the ideal situation for him. And if he goes there, um, I hope he lights the SEC up. Um, but at the end of the day, I, 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 I there's no transcendent talent, uh, that he has, um, I, that I could see that that's going to make him some star. 
Um, it's just, he's like a, he's, he's a five tool player, but he's not, it's not great at any one thing. No, but I'll be rooting for him, uh, regardless. And, you know, Zarek Cooper, we ended up watching his first game with Jacksonville state this year, you know, whenever, uh, I guess Hunter Johnson landed at Northwestern. So I'll be on the lookout for him next year. Tucker Israel still doesn't have a team. Um, but Kelly Bryant's a guy that I'm going to be following very closely next year and just really rooting for his success, no matter where he lands. No, same here. Um, can we talk about how the team is going to look going forward, what this means? Well, it means we have two quarterbacks, Cody, and it means we can't afford any of them to get hurt. Well, I guess we can wrap it up now. (laughs) I think you said it, but I mean, that's, that's pretty simple way to put it. I think none of us have any doubts about what Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to do and how he's going to be able to progress as the season goes on. I mean, you've already seen that, right? Um, we could stand to play another team that's going to get some pressure on him. But um, again, I, I think he grows by leaps and bounds. It's, it's, it's an exponential growth from one game to another. And by the end of the season, I think this is going to do nothing but help him getting all this extra playing time and put us in a position really to you know, everything comes together, right? Our defense is going to be dominant. Questions in the secondary. We'll, we'll have to see how those things get ironed out. But the offensive line is starting to play better, getting a push uh, in the run game. ETN and Feaster are running great. And with Trevor Lawrence's ability to, to pass down the field um, and open up the run game, it has all the, the makings of a really potent offense. And give, give him a 12-game regular season, a conference championship game, and then a whole month off with three weeks of practice for a college football playoff, like, you know, again, it just comes down to injury. I don't think he's legit. I, I don't have any question about that right now. And I, I think given that time and that experience, come January, we can go toe-to-toe with Alabama. I, I would like to think so. And for – what we've seen just in his progression in four games, I don't know where that ceiling is, but it's it's not where it's somewhere higher than he, he than where he performed against Georgia Tech. It'll, it'll need to be, quite frankly. Um, I think you're right. I think giving him just the full game, like you're our starter, you're our guy. Um, it, it's gonna it's gonna pay dividends in the long run. And the only other thing is, it, it, I wonder how it impacts our ability to use him as. A running quarterback. We don't surprisingly, the running game has not dropped off. The theory was that without him, to, uh, his ability to to run in the same way that Kelly Bryant can't, in the same way that Kelly Bryant could, that it would impact our running game. But the other flip side of that theory is the way he stretches the defense, puts more pressures on the safety and the linebackers. It actually opens up things. So it ended up even evening out more or less. I think we actually had had a little bit more success with Trevor Lawrence in the run game. But the only the, the the caveat to that now is teams know you're not going to run the only quarterback that you have uh, on your team that's going to give you a chance to make it to the playoff or, or win a championship. So the, the zone reads aren't going to uh, command as much respect. Uh, it's going to be get the running back. And I, and it'll be interesting to see how the coaches use him as a running quarterback. Well, I think it'll be very similar to Sean Watson in 2016. Uh, where we were preserving his health most of the year. Everybody knew he could run, but he didn't run a lot. And we complained about it, so we figured out what was going on. We finally came to terms with the fact that they were protecting his health and his legs. Um, I think you're going to see the, the very same thing with uh, with Trevor Lawrence here. And that's why you could argue that Trevor Lawrence can make throws uh, that even Deshaun Watson could, uh, that even Deshaun Watson couldn't. So uh, 
he's going to have to to make up for the offset that what we'll lose with a, a running quarterback, which is, is in some ways it's a fundamental part of our offense. He'll have to make some throws and, and do some things with his arm. Luckily, he's the right guy to do it, as as we've already seen. Yeah, and we're going to see how this plays out here over the course of the season. And I, I think, again, I think where we are from a team standpoint, all the the goals are still on the table. Everything is still uh, attainable and achievable. We talked about it at the beginning of the year when we were doing our season preview. We estimated Kelly Bryant to be starting, but we didn't think we could go in and beat Alabama without Trevor Lawrence eventually taking the reins. And after seeing uh, Tua from Alabama play, I, that certainly reinforces that um, thought of ours uh, because we didn't know that Alabama's offense was going to be this potent. And should we end up playing them in a playoff game, we're going to need to score points. And I'm not sure Kelly Bryant could put up 30-plus points against Alabama's defense, although they are a little bit down this year. But, you know, down from what? Uh, really superior defense? <laughs> it's still really yeah. good. I heard some interesting theories, and not from the Colin Colin uh, guest from the from WCCP, but uh, from actual analysts and, and people that cover the sport. So one thing was they they mentioned Dabo had to see Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, of course, too, as you mentioned at Alabama. Jake Fromm taking his game to another level at Georgia, and those are the really the three three teams that you're looking at uh, that are on the national radar and. Y- Good luck if you have a guy that's that's not multidimensional, that can't do things with his arm. And, yeah, you're right. We needed to make that move. The, the other theory was that you're seeing with as great as the spread offense was for teams like Oregon and, and Auburn and, and, of course, uh, Clemson, uh, what you see at the highest level is, is more of a pro-style quarterback that's going to get you over the hump against some of these, what would you say, treacherous defenses like Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. Uh, you a guy who can pick apart a defense. Exactly. As the physical tools and also the mental ability. Exactly. And one other thing, someone, a reporter asked Dabo, and I, I think Dabo's handled this. You can tell he's emotional. And I respect that. Yeah. He, he really ha- is really fond of Kelly. He's fond of a lot of his players. He sees them as sons. It's not a, it's not a facade, uh, as some people may suspect from the outside. But he did mention that uh, when a reporter asked him, are you thinking about who gave you the best chance to win a national title? And he, and he said, no, we're not thinking about a national title. We're thinking about winning a division. We're thinking about beating Syracuse. And it's like, I get that's what you say and to keep your team focused. But at some point, it's okay to abandon coach speech uh, because it's not about winning the, the damn division. It's about winning a title. Yeah, and you, know what, you, you know what you need to build this team into. Okay, yeah, winning the division, winning the beating Syracuse, winning the, the conference championship is part of that process of getting there. But if you're worried now that you can't beat Syracuse uh, with the players you have on the field, then don't talk about playing Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia, right? So you're right. They have to know that. And we mentioned this in our, in our reaction pod to, to the Georgia Tech games. This coaching, this coaching staff has a firm grasp on the temperature of this team and the talent they have and their capabilities and how they're going to improve over the, the, the course of the season. And they also know the level of the competition, right? They have a firm grasp on who they're playing um, and who's going to be coming through here. Yes, things change as the season goes on. Some teams are worse than you imagine. Some teams are better, but nobody in the ACC is going to be close to being on the level of anybody we may play in a, in a playoff scenario. 
Yeah, and Dabo can answer questions however he wants to answer them, but uh, you could be honest. You can, well, you but you don't want to get bulleted board material to say Syracuse, right? <laughs> That's true. Um, I, okay, I'll uh, agree with you on that. So, yeah, um, the, the only thing I would think coming out of this is I'm, I'm glad that I hope that we can put this behind us now and, and focus on this team because I felt like we've been – we talked about Etienne. Etienne's having a – a Heisman level year. Uh, he is that good of a running back. Uh, we know what the defensive line looks like. Like this is our last year with these guys. Dexter Lawrence is gone uh, and he's going to be, uh, he'll, he may be one of the best defensive tackles in school history. Same with Christian Wilkins. Like, you know, I can go on down the list with Cleveland Farrell and Austin Bryant. Let's focus on how great this team is. And the one last year we'll have with some, some amazing, amazing players and not have to worry about the, the quarterback battle whilst enjoying a really good up and coming quarterback who's going to get his receivers involved more than we've seen since, I don't know, Hunter Renfro made a catch in a national championship game. Yeah, that was a great use of the word whilst there. Um, no, I totally agree. There's, there's so many other storylines that we should be focusing on on this team. Um, so it's good not to have, because it's much more than one, one guy. So it's good to not, it's going to be good to not have to focus on that moving forward. But you know, this is a very tumultuous, drama-filled time at Clemson, and we haven't seen this uh, in quite some time. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna find out a little bit about how Dabo has matured as a coach over these years, because this is probably one of the toughest situations he's been in outside of that six and seven year. Um, I believe it was first full year coaching, first or second um, full year coaching. So. There's a lot to handle. You know, that this is a huge distraction in, in the middle of a game week going up a team, uh, against a team that beat you last year. Uh, so he's going to have to keep these guys focused, not only for this game against Syracuse, but moving forward for the rest of the year and uh, make sure these guys have confidence and trust in him and the coaching staff that they've made the right call. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, is the train going to stay on the rails? Is there a part of this team that could... You know, that a lot of the guys were really close with Kelly. They were in the same year, and that's their brother. If they feel like he was done wrong in any way, do they lose a little bit of the passion in their buy-in? And is that you, – you hear, like, like in corporate America, whenever someone, just one negative person gets thrown into a group of just neutral or positive people, they can – it can be cancerous, and it moves quick. So you just wonder if, if the, the the unraveling could begin, but I, you know, I thought thought about that's a worst case scenario. And after thinking about you know Christian Wilkins and these guys, yeah, Clee, they're they're, they're too focused on on uh, they didn't come back to to have things go to, to turn into dysfunction. They're they're just too they're too good of kids, and they're they're too almost like professionals at this point. Yeah, I was gonna say you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, there's too much leadership on this team. You talk about the guys who came back, the three defensive linemen, Kendall Joseph and Mitch Hyatt on the offensive line. Um, and then you throw into the mix, Trevion Thompson, a guy who's been here for five years, Hunter Renfro, a guy who's been here for five years. Um, you know, it's too much leadership on the team for them to let things go south. I, I believe is my thinking that, yeah, okay. The guys who came back did so in part to improve their draft stock, but they also came back to avenge, a pretty bad loss to Alabama and win a national championship. And I, they're not going to let this stop them. Yeah. And th there's the perfect combination on this team of, with, of guys that came back to take care of business uh, and, and new guys that are looking to make a name for themselves like T Higgins and Amari Rogers, uh, Travis Etienne. Like, and I, I mean, make a name for themselves as like, Hey, I'm one of the best players at my position in the country. Yeah, Justin Ross came to catch balls from Trevor Lawrence, right? 
Exactly. I mean, I just thought like if there were a, a unanimous voting uh, from for, for the quarterback battle, it might have been 50-50, but the, the wide receivers, it would have been, uh, I, I said unanimous, anonymous, uh, but it, the, the voting for wide receivers would have been unanimous in who they would have selected. Most likely, with Hunter Renfro being Switzerland. <laughs> he would have even wrote in himself. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball to him. He's going to catch it. Um, yeah. So again, I think we're going to, we're going to see Dabo, man, it's, it's time to coach your team. Um, there's definitely some, uh, drama and some distractions going on right now. And, you know, we've seen them bounce back for losses the last two years and, you know, come out the better for it. So, you know, this, this isn't a loss. We didn't lose a game, but it, it, it feels kind of like, I mean, it certainly was a punch to the gut for Kelly Bryant, but it kind of feels like a punch to the gut as a fan, just because, you know, given even, you know, given all his limitations, like I, I still love the kid and I still enjoyed watching him play. And when he was out there, um, I believe that he could lead this team. And so it, it does suck to lose a guy like that, especially after watching him last year and him exceeding all of our expectations. I think so. He, he outperformed just the fact that he made it to be a starter at Clemson for a year is outperforming expectations. He came from a, a wing T system at Wren High School, not a particularly powerful football program by any stretch. I don't know if there, I think there may be three, maybe four, right? Not a very big school. Um, again, he, he played in a running style um, offense. So just the fact that he got at the point where you're manning a spread offense at the, one of the top football universities in the, in the, in the nation, man, he, it, that says something about him. Like, One of the top two programs over the past three years. Right. right. I mean, it's, it says a lot about him. And unfortunately, with that, there comes ego. You develop ego along the way, or you already had it, and that's how you got there in the first place, or some combination of both. So no surprise that when you get demoted, it's a little bit of an ego hit. Yeah, and again, I think it's okay to have these uh, an emotional reaction like that, especially with a kid uh, so young. But I, I guess if I had any advice for him is, um, find the humility in all of this and use this, you know, you can only control what, what you can control, um, and use this as a learning moment, moment and a motivation to, 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 to go out there and still make a name for yourself and be great at whatever you do. Um, this is a hiccup. It's a speed bump in life. You know, he's got, you know, 60 years ahead of him on this earth. So this is not the end of the world. And again, just, just wish him the best. I'm going to be, out of all the guys who've left left Clemson and transferred away from Clemson, he's one that I'm going to be rooting for the most. Right. I mean, the beer test. If you see Kelly, if you saw Kelly Bryant in a bar, uh, we'll say next week. Would you not buy him a beer? I sure as heck would. Unless he's training. Um, he is twenty. Okay, he's twenty two. Yeah, that's true. He can handle it. Um. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, he's one of those guys. Like, man, will he'll forever be? Uh, you know, Clemson. Uh, I don't want to say legend, but we'll remember him very, very fondly. Um, I think once you, once people get past the, the the acute butt hurt that they feel uh, right now, acute butt hurt. That's a it's, very, it's, it's, very, it's clinical, and you wouldn't understand. Very good way of putting it, um, as opposed to obtuse butt hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so do we have anything else? I mean, we've got a Syracuse game coming up on Saturday. Again, this team beat us last year, uh, with, you know, probably Kelly Bryant at 50% health for one half. 
Um, so that was really not a fair assessment what this offense is going to be able to do to Syracuse team. So um, I'm not, yeah, you know, I would think Brent Venables and the defense have, have gotten things corrected um, from last year and what Dungy was able to do to them. But uh, I'm not concerned. I'm just, I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence go out there and just show us what he can do from, from the first snap. Agreed. Agreed. And I know no one cares, but most don't care, but the Vegas spread did move up four points in Clemson's favor. So um, I think, I think the numbers uh, are shaking out to say, Hey, you're, you went with the right choice at quarterback. And beyond that, you know, I don't think there was any question, but beyond that, I I think it's just going to be more exciting a different brand of football that we've, uh, that we've, we've missed for, for a bit. Yeah. And I'd say the other thing to look out for is the, the, the rest of the season kind of uh, uh, transpires is Chase Bryce is going to need to kind of grow up and into that number two role pretty damn quickly because he's one injury away from having to lead this team. Yeah. And I, I think with him, you're, there will be some, it'll be beyond mop up duty. I don't, wouldn't think you would put him in, in the same way that you were putting Trevor Lawrence in to back up Bryant. And no, he, needs meaningful, he needs meaningful minutes now. He does. I think in part of that is yeah, you need to be out there with the ones and the twos, the guys that are, that are playing the most and you do need some meaningful reps. And even if it, if it's ugly, if, you know, if you risk turnover, um, as long as you're not putting the game in jeopardy, I think that's a cost you bear in order to get him experience. No, I, I think it's to a point to where as soon as you get a three score lead, um, I, I don't think you do two, two and two, um, like they did with, uh, uh, Bryant and Trevor Lawrence with the share of the series going into a game. But I think you get probably a three touchdown lead. And as soon as you do, you start getting Chase Bryce out there for some, uh, for some meaningful snaps. Agreed. Agreed. And he, he has, he has some work. We saw it last game. He has some work to do. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun, a fun year. And, uh, as, as we finish it up and I can't wait to see Hunter Renfro, you know, that dude's, you know, he's going in at some point. At quarterback, not at wide receiver. I like to see him out there against South Carolina last game of the year. We're beating them so bad. Bringing a position player, the quarterback, your team. Love it. Um, I'm also really interested to see uh, uh, who we have come in as quarterback next year. I know we've got one guy signed up, Tyson uh, Pumachan. Um DJ, I can't pronounce his last name, but uh, the guy from California, and we're still going after him. But I think a grad transfer, maybe. You know, it could be one of the situations that, that would actually make the most sense. Not necessarily as a guy that is capable of playing and starting. We need somebody to run the damn scout team. That's true, and I think I think Pumachan would be a good. He's a developmental guy, so I, I think even though this, it can be some dire circumstances. I think with Chase Bryce as a redshirt sophomore, that would be next year. And then Trevor Lawrence with a year under his belt. I think that's a, a pretty solid one too. If you get if you have to get to your third string quarterback for any team in any season, it's probably yeah. not your year anyway. So I, I like where we're at going forward. This year it's gonna we, we've got to work some things out. Well, that being said, if we had kept everybody and you got down to your third string and that was Hunter Johnson, you're still in pretty good shape. Probably gonna win the ACC. Yeah, Hunter Johnsons don't stay on your. Th- Third at third string on your depth chart for long. They just they just don't. Yep, can't blame them. Sarah Coopers don't either. What was that? Yeah, no, you can't blame them for that either. No. Uh, yeah, they're competitors. They want to play. So 
Um, wish all of them the best, especially Kelly Bryant. And again, this comes as a shock to a lot of people. Some people like myself thought that it was a good possibility that it may happen. Not that we rooted for it. Um, you know, the best case scenario is that Kelly Bryant was on this team the entire year and was part of a, a third Clemson national championship. But, um, unfortunately that's not the case. Um, Cody, anything else, uh, to say on this before we wrap up? Ben, you called it, man. I got to give you credit. You called it. I mean that in the most facetious, sarcastic sort of way. Yes. Well, I can tell you are, you have obtuse butt hurt, uh, because of that. (laughs) Um, all right, folks. So that's, that's all we got for now. We're not happy that we're having to to come on and do this, uh, midweek podcast, but you know, this is life. This is how it goes. And we knew this was a possibility. So wishing Kelly Bryant all the best and just still excited to see how the rest of the season plays out. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Clemson podcast, email us at Clemson at gmail.com. Uh, you know, follow us on Stitcher, or iTunes, any of your podcasting apps to make sure you get notified right away when we upload a new episode. And then leave us an iTunes review if you like us. And if you don't like us, uh, write Cody a nasty email. Again, ClemsonPodcast at gmail.com. Appreciate all you guys listening. We look forward to coming back at you after the Syracuse game with a recap there, seeing how our brand-new starting quarterback does in his first game um, as the starter for the Clemson Tigers. And until then, go Tigers. Go Tigers.